1: Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. The lovely and talented Steve Wolfong is on vacation, so he will be replaced shortly by the uber lovely and talented Dean of Ohio State Recruiting, Bill Curlick. But first, if you have not given this podcast a five-star review on iTunes, please do so. If you are on Spotify, you are one click away from subscribing. If you're listening to this show inside a 24-7 sports article, and you want the podcast delivered right to your phone, iTunes and Spotify are the way to go about that. Also, We are running a tremendous promotion that ends this evening. Get a year's worth of Bucknuts for 60% off the total price. It's less than $45 for the entire year. Without further ado, I bring in the man of the hour, the Dean of Ohio State Recruiting, Bill, thanks for filling in on this Thursday.
0: Good morning, Dan. Great morning to uh, talk Ohio State recruiting and, and just Buckeyes in general. So let's go.
1: We are actually going to start with basketball, believe it or not. Ohio State yesterday secured a commitment from Malachi Branham, a soon-to-be senior at Akron St. Mary St. Vincent. You know it as LeBron High. Arguably the number one prospect on their board, an in-state commitment. I've had the chance to see him grow up because my son played AAU basketball in Northeast Ohio. I think he's the best player to come through the state in quite some time. If he develops a three-point shot, I think he's a lottery pick. What do you think of the addition, and it uh, nice for Chris Holtman to keep securing the in-state prospects
0: that everybody wants. As an old hoops coach, I don't mind one bit starting by talking a little bit about Buckeye basketball. Uh, uh, love watching Ohio State basketball and, and love this commitment. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure this is correct when I say that he is the highest-ranked, Commitment the Buckeyes have received in basketball in the past, I believe, seven years. So you know, hats off to to Chris Holtman. Um, You know, I think he's an impact guy uh, that um, a guy that you need to get. I mean, they've been recruiting for a number of years, and to miss out on him uh, being an Ohio kid and all, it it would have been you know. I, don't, I hate to say it, but almost disastrous for Ohio State. So uh, a guy that I think is going to play right away. I think most people feel that way. And, and uh, Ohio State now has the number two class in the country in hoops to go along with their number one football class in the country. So uh, good times continue to roll for the Buckeyes. Malachi is also not the only guy at his high school who will be ready
1: to play at Ohio State at some point. Always good to get the pipeline hooked at LeBron High. Just got to give Holtman credit once again for securing the in-state guys, Nietzsche Johnson, Kalen Etzler also in the class. So that group is looking good. Let's hope they can secure everything and get everything locked up. They've had a little bit of transferitis lately. I think getting the in-state guys usually helps address that. Let's talk some out-of-state targets and let's get back to the breadbasket here. And that is football. Bill, you have an article on the site right now where you address all of our users' questions. One of them I want to hit this name because, as I said before the show, there's an argument to be made that this will be the prospect's name used most on the show over the next two years, and that is Quinn Ewers, quarterback out of Southlake in Texas. He is a sophomore. He is among the most coveted players in the country. There are some who think he is the best quarterback in the country, regardless of class. You've covered a ton of quarterback recruitments. You've covered now several under the Ryan Day regime. What do you think of Quinn Ewers as a prospect? You gave who you think will be as prime suitors. They make perfect sense. Try and put in context what you think uh, the Quinn Ewers recruitment will be like.
0: Well, I I think Ewers is as good a quarterback prospect that Ohio State has had a legitimate chance to land in a long time, maybe the best in a number of years that they've had a legitimate chance to land. I mean, you know, how often do you, when I say you, meaning Ohio State, how often does Ohio State offer a kid uh, before he's even in high school? The answer to that is not very often at all, almost never. But Ryan they saw the kid, and I was there at camp the day he offered him um, – Going into his freshman year in high school, and and offered him, and and don't um, discount the meaning of that. You know, kids realize how big it is to get offers early, uh, be one of the top. Sc- schools in. Jordan Hancock, you know, High State was very early on him, and, and he remembered that all the way through the process before flipping to Ohio State. He even told me, you know, High State took a chance on him before a lot of other big-time schools did, and, and they did, and High State did the same thing with Quinn Ewers. Ohio State, Ryan Day got the Buckeyes in early, and I, as I mentioned on the um, article I posted, I, I think it very likely could come down to Ohio State, Texas, or Oklahoma. I think it's going to be a heck of a battle. You know, I, I don't know that I would go out and, on a limb and predict where he's going right now, but I, I do think Ohio State is going to be in this for uh, probably the entire time. And, you know, right today getting in early, I think certainly is in Ohio State's favor. Is it me,
1: or is there a trend developing that the ah, uh, <clears throat> three, two, one. Is it me or is there a trend developing that Ryan Day and Lincoln Riley are going to go head-to-head for elite quarterbacks for some time now?
0: Well when you talk to kids um, that's the two schools that they often come up with as uh, quote quarterback you. You know it, it, those are the the destination type places right now if you're a great quarterback uh, prospects. So, yeah, you know, I think it's very realistic. And, you know, the, the situation is interesting in that both of them now have secured a great 2021 quarterback. I did, of course, Kyle McCord and Caleb Williams for Oklahoma. So, you know, that, that that's not going to be necessarily a deciding factor. Well, one school has a great 2021 quarterback and one doesn't. They both do. Um, and, and I'm sure – uh, from talking to Quinn, that uh, Ewers, that is, that he is not afraid of competition. He knows wherever he goes, there's going to be competition. And, and he's not afraid of that. And, you know, high State and Oklahoma, I, I just think that, you know, those two programs are going to be be strong, strong uh, factors in Ewers recruitment. Let's,
1: it's kind of interesting to us here because of the Tom Herman angle, but Ewers does have some serious Texas ties, does he not?
0: Yeah, and, and, and again, that's why you know, I think the three schools are in no particular order right now, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Texas. And, you know, I, I spent a year, my first year out of college, teaching and coaching in Texas. Uh, one of the sports I coached was football. And it, it is, you know, hard to describe just how big football in Texas is and how, you know, that's, if you're a football player – Uh, as a kid growing up in Texas, how big a deal Texas Longhorn football is. So, yeah, you know, that's uh, uh, certainly they're going to be in the running as well.
1: Wherever Quinn Ewers goes, he will certainly be ready to deal with the media. He's basically a celebrity at age 15 or 16. So we will keep an eye on that. We'll take a quick break, come back, and more with the Dean. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. Much of the recruiting process now is figuring out if guys are actually going to play football as seniors in high school. It's very bizarre. You've had great information on Travion Henderson, had some on Evan Pryor. Let's talk about a guy they're chasing who's in Virginia. Obviously, Henderson in Virginia and Pryor in North Carolina. The state of Virginia has suspended football for the fall season. Tristan Lee from Northern Virginia is about to drop his top five. Do you expect Ohio State to be in it? this is kind of a weird recruitment where I really don't get the sense that there's a favorite right now. Am I wrong on that?
0: Um, you know, I, I think if I had to pick a favorite, if I had to pick a school right now, maybe the favorite would, would probably be LSU, but you no, know, I wouldn't crystal ball that right now. Certainly. Um, in fact, I, 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 have said that I would not be surprised that, you know, if Ohio state pulls the upset and, and gets Tristan Lee, um, I, when he drops his top five, that's two schools I feel comp- very confident in saying are going to be in those five schools he drops, Ohio State and LSU. Um, I had some, one source tell me this week that they don't see him ending up at Clemson. That's another school that ha- has you know, long been thought to be uh, a top contender along with LSU for his services. But one source told me they don't see him uh, ending up at Clemson. So we'll see how that that goes. I, again, I I don't know that I can say, well, it's not going to be Clemson at this point. I'm just saying that I had a source tell me they really don't think it's going to be Clemson. Um, And we'll see when he drops his top five, but I just, I feel like uh, this could be another LSU Ohio State battle. Wouldn't shock me at all.
1: When talking about the run to the finish line here for the class of 2021, The name that I'm kind of intrigued with that we don't hear about quite as much is Taiwan Malone. His recruitment has been a little bit different because of his desire to play baseball in college. Anybody who saw the video of him taking hacks would see that that is a very real possibility. What are your thoughts on Taiwan?
0: Well, one of the reasons you don't hear a lot about him is that he is, you know, he he is a guy that, Kind of shies away from the recruiting process. He's not going to go out uh, and do a lot of interviews. He's not going to go out and uh, you know promote on Twitter that type. Of, he's just not that type of kid, um, and I think that's why you hear so little about him at this point. Um, that has nothing to do with talent. I mean, he's a six foot three, three hundred plus pound guy that looks great playing baseball too. And if you look at him in baseball, you don't necessarily, you know, as big as he is, you don't necessarily see a 300 plus pound one or three technique when you see him play baseball. Um, but, you know, having said that, I, it's really hard to get a good good read on where he's going. He's a quiet kid. Um yeah, again, he shies away from the process, and you, know, you could probably pull out five people that are pretty knowledgeable on recruiting uh, that have familiarity with, with, with uh, Malone, and they may have two or three different opinions at least uh, out of those five, uh, maybe five different opinions as to who is going to end up with Malone. But I do feel pretty safe in saying Ohio State is very much in this battle.
1: Yeah, that's definitely one to watch, and it's been interesting because, like you said, most kids these days, you can get a decent read on them. Taiwan Malone has played it close to the vest throughout, and we will be here to find out what happens when he makes the call. Bill, on yesterday's BM5, we'll finish with this. They went over, true freshman you expect to play the most this year. If you had to say the true freshman you expect to get the most minutes for Ohio State this year, who would it be?
0: I think there's four kids you got to really look at and just talking to different sources of how uh, the workouts and things went starting back in January. And uh, not coincidentally, these four have all been at Ohio state um, since early January, they were all early grads, all early enrollees, and they are all super talented. Uh, Paris Johnson, he's going to be a a great one for Ohio state. And uh, you got to look at need, Um, you know, that, a little bit standing in his way, and that Ohio State has Thayer Mumford at tackle and, and um, uh, Nicholas Petit Ferrer at tackle. They got Juan Jones there, but uh, Paris Johnson is going to get his reps. You might as well play him now because he's likely only going to be at Ohio State for three years before he goes early to the NFL draft. So, um, don't know if Paris will start. That's really difficult to do as a true freshman uh, on an Ohio State offensive line. But I, I feel very safe in saying he's going to play. Uh, same thing with Legend Cavazos. You know, a lot of people during his recruitment, Cavazos that is, kept talking about him as a safety, and I kept saying he's not a safety, he's a cornerback, and, and he should be rated higher, I said many, many times, he's rated much higher, because he's a cornerback that has had to play out of position much of his time at IMG. Uh, when he got switched to cornerback as a senior, he was outstanding. Um, He was outstanding at Ohio State's camp. Urban Meyer loved him. Uh, Ryan Day, Jeff Halfley. Jeff Halfley's first call uh, when he got his Ohio State phone was to Legend Cavazos. Uh, Legend is going to play. You know, he's a very mature young man, um, a very talented young man, and he's ready for this. So Legend Cavazos is going to play. And then you've got the two wide receivers, uh, Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith and Jigba. You know, they're just so talented. And, um, you know, the way Ohio State passes the ball, there are going to be uh, factors. You know, I don't, again, I don't know if they'll necessarily start. Uh, it took Garrett Wilson, as talented as he is, a little time to break in. And by, by the end of the season, he was making a big impact. But Jackson Smith and Jigba and Julian Fleming are going to play.
1: They don't call him the dean for nothing. If you've been on the front row lately, you know exactly why. Have a good one, Bucknutters.